0: Well, happy new, year. happy new Year! How many stayed up last night? Those of you that didn't, did you at least do the Netflix, you know, little two-minute clip? I'll have to tell you about that later, all my kids can tell you about that because we were all up till about one a.m. So, so we're ready to roll this morning. Um, gosh, I, I'm really glad you're here. I just think it's awesome that, that you're, um, you made it a point to be here today. And I think the question that I want to put in front of our minds or the thought that I want to put in front of our minds um, is wh- what would it look like to have more of God in our life? And how would that impact us and Everything around us. Like, think about where you go and where you live and what you do and where you shop. What would having more of God in our life, how would that impact that sphere, those relationships? So turn your Bible to Philippians chapter 3. I want to look at a passage by the Apostle Paul. And I just, I want to challenge us um, just to, to press in today. Um, and, to, ...and to press on to what God has. And so we're going to um, spend some time in Philippians 3. Paul actually begins Philippians 3 with a, with a warning. Um, we're, we're all used to it. We've heard warnings. Hey, be careful. Watch out for this. Watch out for that. In parenting, you do this all the time. Um, in you know, strategy meetings or things like that, we do this all the time. Paul gives a, a warning to... Before he gets to this part where what does it look like for us to be people who press into more of God, he gives a warning... Check it out, Philippians chapter 3, just at the very beginning. He says this, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. I write the same thing to you. It is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus. So when I was a kid, we had this dog... Um, Alaskan Malamute, about a 80-pound dog, awesome dog, and uh, she was like, well, she, you know, you know most of you know what Alaskan Malamute looks like. I mean, she looked like a wolf, um, and so she scared all kinds of people because they're like, oh my gosh, it's a wolf. Um, well, we'd, we'd tie her up on the front tree often, and uh, she was just like the sweetest dog ever, and she's tied up on the front tree. And uh, all of a sudden, we had run inside, and all of a sudden, we heard some, some screaming. We heard some some commotion outside, and um, there's this kid out there that's just bleeding. And we, like, did we have any clue what happened? We know our dog. We know how sweet our dog is, but, but there's a kid who's bleeding, and he's bleeding, like, right around his eye. And so they call an ambulance, and this kid goes to the ER, and... Um, and so we're like, what? Like, what in the world? Like, we know there's no way my dog just took out this kid. Like, we know the sweetness of our dog and, and all that. And so, you know, like, animal control comes, and they're, like, beginning to just assess the dog, and um, they go in our backyard, and they're like, can this dog get over the fence? And you guys might have to build this, like, enclosure cage for your dog, and we might have to take your dog from you. Like, it was the sweetest dog ever, but it all of a sudden became the dog to to look out for because... This dog was dangerous, and now I could give you my theories as to to what um, probably happened in that instance, but that's far from the point. Paul here, he, he says, "Look out for the dogs." Now he's not talking about um, physical dogs that are running around that are going to bite or hurt or attack. Or um, he's talking about, in this context, these people called the Judaizers, which were Jewish people who were trying to manipulate. Others to live the kind of life they thought God wanted them to live. Um, And so so basically it went like this. Um, It was all about behavior modification. It was all about um, tricking and manipulating that a meaningful life can be found in something other than personal relationship with Jesus or even further, that a personal relationship with Jesus happened by your um, outward works rather than the inward work of God transforming your heart. And so... It was all about confidence in, in in me, okay? And Paul comes and he gives this warning and he's like, watch out. Watch out. As you live your life, as you go on in your life, there's going to be people and individuals, we'll call them dogs, that are going to try to mutilate you. They're going to try to destroy you. They're going to try to manipulate you. They're going to try to eat you alive. Watch out. Look out for them. Um, and so I just... Man, I don't know what your view is of a new year and all those types of things, but I I think that as God's people, we constantly have to be aware and looking out for areas of our lives where we're being deceived, areas of our lives where we're being tricked, or areas of our lives where we're not sensing and, and seeing the work of God moving. And so Paul continues to verse 12. Let's jump down to verse 12. He says this, not that, I've already, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, how many of you have heard those words before? They're pretty familiar words. I want you to hear it in um, a, a translation called The Message, or a paraphrase called The Message. It goes like this. I'm not saying that I have it all together, that I have it made, but I'm well on my way. Reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. Now, Paul, most of you probably know Paul, made a lot of spiritual accomplishments in his life. Okay, he's like the, the elite of the elite when it comes to faith. He's like, you know, like the Steve Jobs of technology. Like, Paul is uh, to faith. Um, you know, we... we esteem him often. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and honestly, if we track back history, what we know is that who we are today, and and the fact that we gather today, and the faith that we have today is due in large part to the work of God through the Apostle Paul. This guy is is amazing, and here he's coming, and he's like, I don't have it all together. You ever had that realization where somebody you highly respected or highly esteemed, you found out that they actually sinned, and they were broken people, and you're like, what? Paul's like, I, don't, I haven't arrived. And if you know the context, he begins to list all the awesome things God's done, to, God's used him to accomplish. He's like, I haven't arrived. All I'm doing is I'm reaching out for Christ, who so wonderfully reached out. For me, I have not arrived. And so he's like, I just want to press into Christ. That's what he's doing. He's, he's, he's pressing in. He's like, I want more. I mean, the guy, the guy that we would say, he's there. He's arrived. He's like, I haven't arrived. I'm not there. There's more of God to be had in my life, and it's interesting because you know, new year. Um, I, I don't know what what is it about a new year that makes us like, all right, this this is it. Like, we're gonna we're gonna do this differently. We're gonna we're gonna change some like what? Because there's not like let's be honest. There's nothing. There's nothing different, right? You're gonna go to work and you're gonna raise your kids and you're gonna be with your friends and. And you know sin is present. We still need the grace of God. But there's something about a new year um, that maybe it's a clean slate. Maybe it's a just a just a, a fresh opportunity to to press in. Um, in in what we're seeing, Paul challenge us with is to engage more with the Lord, to press in to Him, and so I want to I want to explore this a little bit. Um, what, does it, what does it mean to press in? Uh, when I was in high school, I uh, played sports all of you probably know that. Um, I remember a specific practice where we, uh, we had an amazing coach, and uh, we were doing d- defensive drills, we we're practicing defense, and uh, we're out there. and, and, and I, don't, I don't even know like, what specifically happened to lead up to this moment, but all of a sudden, coach just starts yelling. Um, and, and then he just takes off his whistle and he just chucks it and, and like, he's totally got our attention now because like, holy cow, like I've never seen coach. I've seen coach. Yeah. Like he, he was, you know, always got our, our attention, um, but I've never seen him throw his whistle. So like something's gone down and, and he, here's what he, here's what had happened. Um, we had just completely lost focus and we were just going through the motions you know, like, we're, we're playing defense, and we know the spots we need to be in, and we know where we need to get to, and we're just going through the motions, and we had no focus. And so he just yelled at us, and it was kind of humorous, because then he had to, like, go, like, slide under the bleachers to, to get his whistle, and, but he's like, you guys need to focus up. Like, you're just going through the motions. You don't, you're not thinking about what you're doing. You're so much better. We can be such a better team. All you're doing is going through the motions, um, and so I just, as we, as we go forward here, can I just be a coach for you today? Don't worry, I'm not going to throw anything. I'm not going like, to throw my water at you. Um, and just say, what areas of your life do you need to focus up? And stop being distracted, stop going through the motions. Here's the truth, is that you can't press in unless you know what you're pressing into, Right? Like there's got to be a focus. Like here's where I'm headed. Here's where God's leading me to to do more for Him. To to maybe it's sit more in His presence and recognize um, who He is and the love that the love that He has for me. We're all so easily distracted. The world is amazing at at, at not helping us with that. You know, w- wishing we were somewhere else, right? Well, you know, Wishing we were in somebody else's shoes. Celebrating someone else's joy. Gosh, I wish I could experience that. We're just always watching, but never tuned in. You know, we're always on our devices, and there's real people in the room that we're just ignoring. Where is it that God's leading us to focus up and limit distractions? Paul says, I press on to make it my own. Verse 12. Because Christ has made me his own. I think it's interesting. Paul uses the illustration of ownership. Um, Several years ago, uh, my wife and I lived with her parents for four and a half years. It was supposed to be like a year. Turned into four and a half. Um, And I I just remember being there. And we had the whole basement to ourselves. um, And it, it was ours, but it wasn't ours. You understand that? Like, I mean, the most hospitable people, if you've ever met them, just amazing people. And um, they they were like, you know, it's yours. Do whatever you want. Like, it was ours, but it wasn't ours. So there's things I wanted to do, but I couldn't do. Because it was ours, but it wasn't really ours. You know, it's like renting. If you rent, like, there's things you maybe you want to do, but you can't do. Okay? It's yours, but it's not really yours. Okay? Paul uses this illustration where he says, I press on to make it my own because Christ has made me his own. He's like, Christ, like, owns me. Right? But, but maybe for some of us, it's like he's ours, but he's not really ours. It's like, it's like renting, right? Like this idea of, like, taking ownership of pursuing the Lord and knowing the Lord and living a life that actually would impact others and not just a life that just impacts you. Like the gospel is like we sit in the love of God and it doesn't propel us to actually go out in love or we're missing the gospel. What would it look like for us to to take ownership? I press on to make this thing called the Christian life my own because Christ has made me his own. Paul says it in verse 10 like this. I want, to, I want to know him. I want to, I want to know him. I want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection. The fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Like, do you see God as that, like, that tangible that you can, you can know him? Like, in everyday life, like, not just here. Like, we come here and, like, you know, we wish Jeff could follow us around all day and his guitar, and, and he's, he probably would, and love every second of it, well, mostly. Um, <laughs> Kelly, you into? No, she's, uh, why not, yeah. Um, but actually, tangibly, that God is real. Listen, these aren't things that we, or I'm, I'm not saying things to you that you're like, huh, I never heard that, like, but listen, it's the aspect of focusing in on that every moment matters. Every moment we live, and we're, we're, we're so good at being distracted that we forget that this moment right now matters, that I focus in on what, where God has me and what God's doing me to be a child of God and live out my identity as a loved child of God, where he's placed me. And we could talk all day about the context that you're in and who you're rubbing shoulders with, whether they're old or young And the opportunities that just are available. Can I be a coach for you today and say, where do you need to focus up? And get your head in the game. Paul calls it, look at verse 14. Look at the the vernacular he uses to describe this, this life. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He calls it this upward call. Like... There's more to be had. Like we're looking here and God's like, I have abundance for you. Not in material possession necessarily, but in my presence and in the work I want to do in your life and through your life as my child. In a temporary place for eternal purposes. I have a purpose. I have a purpose. And I wonder if there's this aspect where we're just kind of going through the motions and actually... Next week, we're going to launch into a brand new series. It's called "Broken Religion." I think we got an image for that. It's called "Broken Religion." And here's the goal of it, is that, that we would just watch out for the areas of our life where we just go through the motions of religious activity, and we miss out on a living God who's come to bring the gospel to transform our hearts and our lives. Um, Because it's, listen, for all of us, it's just easy to go through the motions. And sometimes that's all we got, right? And sometimes it's just all all we can do. Um, But where in our lives is God saying, focus, focus up? Paul says, I press on towards the goal. What does he mean to press on here? Um, So... Several years ago, when my wife and I celebrated our five-year anniversary, we went backpacking in uh, Estes Park, Colorado. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. And I remember, so we get there rather late. Um, this is the first primitive backpacking trip we'd ever taken, where you're packing everything you need on your back. And uh, and so we get to, like, the the check-in place, and the the guide is going to, like give recommendations on where we should go. It's not like you like, you, know, you step into this hundreds of thousands of acres, and it's like, babe, where do you want to go? You know, like, well, we're going to navigate this. No, there's a guide who actually tells you, hey, you want to go hit this stop, then go hit this stop, and, and, and here's the time. How far do you want to go on this day? How far do you want to go on this day? And so um, we get there rather late, and the guy's like, um, it's a fairly uh, short hike to this campsite, so you, you need to get there first, but you're going to have to get going quickly because it's getting dark. And so we're like, okay, so we go, and we get all of our stuff, and uh, we put our packs on, and we start hiking, and uh, we, we realize rather quickly into the hike that we uh, aren't quite sure where we're going, um, because the, the guide made it fairly clear that it was uh, pretty easy to get to, but we couldn't find it, and it's getting darker and darker and darker, and we're, we're reading signs, but we're not reading signs, and we're... Lost, and it's getting darker and darker. Meanwhile, in our pack is all of our food, and it's stored inside a bear canister, right? So that like the bears can't eat your food. Hmm, it's a good thing the bear would come up and be like, I can't get to his food, and then he would leave. And so, so we're we're sitting there, and it's dark, and we're like shining our lights, and we're trying to figure it out, and we're looking at our map, and um, meanwhile, we're like we're told to store our food in a bear canister. That's got to mean something. Um, and so we, we have no choice but to press on, right? We have no choice. Um, so we just continue looking and continue looking and continue making turns, and, and eventually um, we, we find it, and we get there, and we set up camp, and we get in the safety of our tent. And... Uh, and we go to sleep, and uh, we wake up the next morning, and we're, uh, we're, our tent is on the edge of a of a cliff now we 're in the campsite, like we were where we were supposed to be, but we woke up and, and it 's not a cliff cliff, but it 's like a really good drop off um, but we we got there we we made it, we pressed on um, to get to the To where we were wanting to go. Um, Look at at verse 13. Paul says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal. I press on. New year, new opportunities. um, But notice what he says. Forgetting what lies behind. So maybe there's aspects of of what it looks like for for us to be people who press into the Lord and press on in life is that we have to kind of let go of some things that are in the past. Maybe it's a deep sorrow or a broken relationship and God's like, "I I want you to forget what's behind and press on towards some healing and some hope. Or maybe there's great past. Maybe even in pursuit of christ there's aspects where you're like man i remember when i was in high school and i met with god and it was awesome and and you're just living on that moment and god's like i want to i want to do that new in your heart in the days ahead in a fresh way with fresh encounters and fresh relationships and maybe there's disappointment in your past and god's saying Forget what's behind. New opportunities are ahead. Maybe the past is marked by a whole lot of sin. A whole lot of sin. And maybe God says, I want you to walk into a future that's marked. Yeah, there'll be sin. But it'll be predominantly marked by a whole lot of victory. Where you're walking out your identity of becoming in Christ who you already are in God's, in God's sight. Or Maybe it's the past is marked by a lot of fear and God's saying... I want to step you forward into an immense amount of boldness, not because you get a big head, but because you have a big God who wants to do a work in your life. And here's the thing about New Year and that type of thing is that we get like rah, 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 right? Only for it to fade, you know, come, come February. Um, Paul's talking about a supernatural encounter where the living God is empowering. Like the perseverance to, to in him we live and move and have our being. The, the upward call of God. So I just put, ask this question. What, what are you pressing on towards? What is it? What is it for you? Maybe write that down on the... The paper that you got when you came in? What, what are you pressing on towards? What does is, what is more of God look like for your life? What, where's God leading you? Where's God directing you? How can you be more saturated with the person and presence of God by His Holy Spirit? But notice, notice the word that's used here to describe this. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize right the prize like that this is actually a treasure maybe the pressing on is for god to do in your heart and god to do in my heart a work that we would actually see that he is a prize and not just an appeasement for sin so that so that the cosmic cop in heaven isn't going to zap us but he's actually a treasure that we live in every day and we get to give away to others every day. Every day. Imagine if Danielle and I would have given up finding our campsite. We just sat like, babe, I got a stool. Let me get it out of my bag and just put the bear canister down. And just, we're just going to sit here. Because you know what? We got there in the safety of our armored tent And I mentioned there was a cliff, but what was crazy is, it wasn't just a cliff that we were on the edge of. Like, it overlooked the mountains. And it was, like, we woke up glad to be alive. Um, but furthermore, we went out of our tent and we're just like, holy cow. Like, it was amazing. Near-death experiences are always Amazing. Um, we didn't nearly die. Let me, let, me, let me just bring it down to reality here a little bit. Um, but it, like, the view was amazing. And the mountains. W- what if we wouldn't have pressed on? We would have missed that. Listen, I'm fully convinced that there's, there's steps forward in your life where you're tempted by the dogs, by the flesh mutilators to quit to bail, to not stay faithful to the course that God has for you, and to never get, you would, you would miss out on getting to the cliff where you could see the beauty of Jesus in the same way that if we would have just settled in the woods, would we have been eaten by a bear? Probably not. But we would have missed out on the beauty that was that cliff and that mountain range. So we press on because there's, there's more of him to be had in our lives. There's a greater aspect of his presence and more of his beauty. But more than that, Paul says this a little bit later in Philippians 3, verse 18. Because it's not just about us, right? God forbid that we make the Christian life just about us. For many of whom I've often told you and now tell you even with tears walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame with mindset on earthly things. I had lunch a couple days ago with a, with a buddy that I grew up with. Um, and God called him, him and his wife to go uh, to area around Russia to move there and live there, to take the gospel there. And he's been there about 10 years now, and I'm just, I haven't talked to him in years, and we're just sitting at Tony's Donuts, having coffee, and talking, and like literally, for I'm just like, tell me about your day. Like, tell me about your rhythm. Tell me about your, like, what is life like? And what do you, you get up and you go to work? What do you do? You teach, okay? Like, how do you handle your kids? Like, what, what does the work look like to reach the loss there in near near the area of, of near Russia where you're at, and um, for the majority of the conversation, his eyes are like welled up with tears. And there comes this point in the conversation where he begins to talk about the reality of people surrounding his home and his neighborhood that are lost and don't know Jesus and are on their way, listen, not just to To a present life that's not lived in submission to him, but an eternal destination that's the fullness of life lived in eternity under the wrath of God. And he just begins to, to weep for the reality of lost people. And we just begin to talk about our hearts for our communities. That his that's on the other side of the world and this community that, 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 uh, that we're in. We just begin to talk about that. And what does it look like for us to be people that see the gospel through a lens that, that there's people all around us who, who don't know Jesus. Their God is their belly. Their end is destruction. And they glory in their shame. They're living for earthly things. I was blown away. You've, you've seen probably m- many of the, there's several different videos that have, that have come out talking about 2016 and all the celebrities, the amazing celebrities that have died in 2016. Have you seen some of those videos? Um, just amazing, amazing people that were very well known. But let's be honest, probably a lot of them were, were not known by God. They weren't known by God. And their glory ended up being their shame. So we're reminded that what it looks like for us to be people that press in and press on to the fullness of God is that there's people all around us who, who don't sit in this moment and feel and understand that there's a God who loves them, who's tangible and present in their lives. I'm reminded this morning, this is a temporary place. And there are lost people all around us who are sitting on their bare canisters, missing out on the beauty of Jesus and living as his enemy. And so can I just be your coach today and say, focus up. We need to be a church that focuses up and pressing in and pressing on for your joy and the salvation of so many around us whose end is, is destruction. Why don't we pray and prepare to respond to the Lord. Father, what a joy it is to be called loved children of God. God, It's just amazing that you love us, that you care for us. Even in our wretchedness, God, all of us sit here in this moment and we just agree with Paul probably to even a greater degree to say we haven't arrived. We're so far from arriving. But God, forgive us and keep us from being people who are just content in our brokenness. When you're beckoning us out to a life more in your presence, but a life that would be even more impactful for the name and renown of Jesus Christ and the joy of the world. Oh God, would you stir our hearts? Would you lead us Would you speak, God? God, you know what's going on in our lives. You know where we're struggling. You know where we're looking to the past and not looking forward. Where you're beckoning us on, God, I pray right now that as we sing, as we sit in these moments, that your living spirit would engage us. God, you part your blessing on each one who made it a priority to come. God, I know that everyone here is probably tired and up late. And God, God, we're here, and we want to see you do a work in our hearts and change our hearts in the context that you've called us. We want to be your missionaries. We want to be faithful. So, God, stir us afresh this morning, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.